Uh, are we going to do an opening joke? Nope. Why buy a comic that might cost more than a ton? Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. Meow, daddy. Colin has officially turned into a cat girl, and I am scared and horny. <laughs> Death to furries. Cat I, girls are not furries. They're a little different. Yeah, they kind of are. Uh, they're borderline. Definitely some crossover there, but talk to a furry. They'll tell you cat girls don't. They're, they're not furries because they're different. They don't exist. Cat girls don't exist. What? You can't make a cat girl. They're, they're bioengineered hybrids. Furries exist. There's a difference. It's like this much. It's enough. And welcome back to the Dime Compros podcast. <laughs> also, women don't exist. Prove me they wrong. They don't. I saw on uh, this video, it, it was like, what is it? This type of bird. What, what's that bird on the Fruity Loops? Uh, Fruit Loops. Toucan. It, yeah. Toucan. yeah, it was like a bird like that. And like on its back, um, you can like pull up like some of the hair, like some of the hair and like the skin, and there's like an opening you can like look right through, and it's so gross. I don't know how to explain it. And there's like these like little slimy things that were connecting it. It was like just a flap of skin that was still connected fully, except for like a cut hole. And how did you get there from uh, cat girls? Uh, He's too because birds because if girls don't exist, oh. birds don't exist, and, and birds definitely don't exist. They're birds don't g- exist. They're all government drones. Yeah. So on do, to other wait, do cat girls chase toucans like regular cats? They chase furries. No, they, they chase birds. Cats chase birds. So do cat girls chase birds? And furries, they chase off the drones. Yeah. Hence why we all need a cat girl to keep us safe from the government. So on to other government conspiracies. We got a new trailer for Black Widow. I'm really tired of Black Widow trailers. I haven't yep. watched it. I meant to watch the Loki trailer. Oh, I didn't watch that either. Oh, yeah. Wow. So we should, the, we should do that. So, we, so that kind of explains the weird lettered like undefined font for loki's name yes i kind of like that little nugget yeah that makes sense there's a lot of time jumping in that so that probably explains how the tesseract is back in its original shape before it got smashed for the stone inside well it was stolen in endgame Jacob, this isn't this isn't a prequel. This is alternate timeline Loki. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's time jumping. So that's how we have the cube instead of only the stone. Well, we got the yeah, we got the cube in Endgame when they went to get it the first uh, time. Right. Yeah, they did go back in time there, didn't they? Yeah, it was before it got crunched. And that's how we have the show is because Loki took it in that movie. So okay. I've been kind of bitching about this in the group chat for a while. Of like, yeah, you have. I think on the show too. Probably, have you? But yeah, because I think it's potential. I don't. I don't see the whatever it is that they're going as like the overall narrative. Why this ties in instead of it just being haha? It's more of the heartthrob doing sneaky stabby things, which is cool and all for fourteen-year-old girls. But those of us who give a shit about anything other than hot, he's hot and slimy. It doesn't. 
at least for me, it doesn't make a lot of sense to continue with this old version of the character that hasn't gone through any of all the interesting stuff he actually went through. But the trailer's putting up some more interesting ideas in terms of at least settings, whereas I think this will probably just be a lot of fun and then it'll be done. I'm hoping. Yeah, all, all the settings and the surroundings, the colors are beautiful. It is very pretty. It is very pretty. And it has all the colors of the stones. One of the final shots, I paused it, went back and looked at it really quick. Um, it looks like it's set on the planet where Widow dies and it's possibly Widow staring away from the camera. It's really hard to tell because it's dark, but it looks like red hair. Yeah, it looks like him. it's like half locations we've seen before and the other half look like a whole bunch of new stuff. So mm-hmm. um, it could, you could, you could be good. Owen Wilson, you know, lots of wow. Much yeah, that <laughs> that made me I'll go a little back. That that made me sit back a little bit. I was like, what? Okay, wow. So wow, uh, yeah, it much wow. Uh, we got a trailer for Batman: The Long Halloween Part One. I saw that. I don't care. Honestly, <laughs> it feels weird to have Jensen. Ackles voice Batman for me because oddly enough his voice sounds too gritty to be Batman that's weird isn't that weird especially for like this kind of young Batman for me Batman feels like he has a stern soft voice in my head I mean it depends because that's how Kevin Conroy sounds to me true um I just I don't know there's something about it's partially just Batman burnout, honestly, but also mm-hmm. I don't like Jensen Ackles. I don't like Supernatural. I don't like this weird, cringy cult that follows him around. He was pretty solid as Red Hood. But he was amazing was as Red Hood. Six years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool. He's he's older now. And I don't think he's going to do like a horrible job or anything, but the, the voice cast looks fine. It's just another DC twist on a book that we've already read. A, a classic uh dc book like Mm -hmm. they're kind of just playing all the hits yeah and i understand that like because originally we had they had some that were based on books and then they had the other half which were kind of tied into a narrative they've broken up basically all of it so they're just all either random new things like uh superman man of tomorrow which was really good and then you have the ones based on the book properties and i think it's interesting they're chopping into two parts because it is a big book and i think it deserves it but i just don't I don't care. I'll watch it when I'm bored. Yeah. But I'm no. not hyped at all. It's another animated movie. I'm going to be like, hey, it's solid. I'll go read the book, though. Yeah, no, I think I think it'll be okay. Like, you know, not as good as... So, I see, like, Batman Under the Red Hood. That was, like, prime that car- was Batman excellent. cartoons. Yes. Batman condensed the story into a more digestible and, I think, better format, like kind of like the Dark Knight Returns movies did. They and, chopped out just a little yep. bit, and it was a little tidier. It was iconic dialogue as well. That's a really good point, because uh, this is advertised as part one of the Long Halloween, so they're not. It, they're probably not going to trim any of the fat if it's split up into two movies. Well, they may, because with the Dark Knight Returns, they put that they split that into two. That is true, and I the Long Halloween, I believe, has a higher page count. Part two is also rated R officially, so that's that's the only thing that's uh, remotely interesting. Ooh, there'll be blood. Long Halloween? Yeah. Oh, okay. There'll be blood, there might be a titty. Big deal. Nice. But, 
I don't know. The animation looks better than what they've been putting out lately. It looks all right. Like if you want to revisit or, or do a, a version of one of the books you have like red sun, which was almost identical. And then you have red sun was pretty good. It was pretty solid, but it was basically the book. And then you have um, Gotham by gaslight, which was almost the same, but there were some pretty large deviances. And I I think that's a I think you'll like it. I think if you're I'm going right. to do it like that, I think that's a good way to do it is have a good, good few like large changes to it. Otherwise, it's just for normies, which is fine, but don't expect me to pay for it. So I actually don't mind that we have these mini like okay cartoon movies because there's there's definitely going to be people that will never read the comics but are still interested in DC or Marvel because of the movies yeah. and then they get these cartoon movies so it's that, a good, give, that like, gives them a way point. yeah it's a halfway point it gives also gives them a way to like you know just watch cartoons and yeah I, kind of like reliving their childhood but and, then, and i guess a more quote-unquote mature and adult way i guess i suppose i mean they, they certainly have their place there's nothing wrong with them existing it's just one of those things where i put i wrote it Not down for me. because it's one of the only things we had this week and i'm like i don't give a shit Star Wars Bad Batch is confirmed to have at least 14 episodes due to an interview with the composer who said he was composing for episode 14, which obviously implies there's at least 14 episodes. And we do also know it's going to have a 70 minute premiere episode. Oh, so that's cool. Holy shit. That's a, that's a, that's a basic, that would be the, like the three episode Clone Wars arc shoved into a movie type deal. Right. Dude, this is just Star yeah, Wars so... The Clone Wars uh, season eight. It very much so is, but <laughs> yeah. who cares? I'm so happy. That's pretty much what I'm expecting. So I don't know. I either have to binge the ever loving out of the Clone Wars right now or just roll with <laughs> season eight, but not really. Like, Well, did you watch season seven? No, I've watched so, the first two. Oh, just, I can skip everything. Of... Just go to season seven. No. Because no, I skipped a lot. For the, yeah, I know that. But what I'm saying is for him, I can get you a list of the arcs that are relevant to the troopers, and it's nowhere near as much. And I think that would be if you want to be pre- That's more true. prepared. The, the, yeah, uh, want to be prepared if we're going to be covering it weekly. That's yeah, true. I arcs... can shoot you over a list. It's like a third right. of the series is based around the clones, and then they end up you know, getting weeded off slowly. And then we got the introduction of the Bad Batch in season seven. The clone arcs are really good. They They're, are. If you're if you're too like if it's too intimidating to try and pick up the whole series, at least what look up and watch the clone arcs because they are one of the most um, like intriguing and like uh, they make heart, the pre- they make the prequels worth it. <laughs> yeah, heart throbbing. Rest in peace, ninety nine. Rest in peace, so. 99. Um, we covered the released trailer last week without Spencer. So what did you think, uh, of the trailer? It's fine. I, when it comes to these sorts of things, whereas I'm going to watch it regardless and it's not like the most hyped thing in my mind, I'm not watching everything about it. Like I'm still looking forward to Black Widow. I think probably more than both of you guys. I no, really, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm more excited for it than uh, some of my least favorite Marvel movies. Like, I actually see a point to watching this one, so I'm, I mean, I'm ready to watch it. What's that guy's name? Uh, David Harbour's playing him. Yes. What's his character? Uh, like Red Star. Uh, yes. Like Crimson Patriot or something. That's one of those two. Patriot, Russian Captain America. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm excited for him. 
that yeah. he looks like he's going to be great. Yeah. But like for Bad Batch wise, I'm I think it's cool. It looks like they're tying in a lot more of the uh, modern Disney era characters mm-hmm. that they've already introduced in other shows and stuff. And I think that's good. What's uh, her that, face that's the, more, the Mandalorian. Right. Like, I think that's the stuff in the trailers that's getting my attention. The rest of it is. I don't want to watch parts of these arcs play out. I just want to watch them. Like when, even when season seven was rolling around, I watched the, the, the tease trailer that came out like three years beforehand. And then I watched the first one. I was like, and we're watching them. I don't care. I'm, I'm the only reason I end up keeping up with the trailers is because of necessity because of this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I can live without certain trailers. Yeah. Um, and then last bit of news uh, from comicbook.com. Uh, Joy Hummel, who was married twice over the years and thusly used the name Joy Merchant, uh, Merchantson Kelly at the time of her passing, the first woman to ever write Wonder Woman's comic book adventures has passed away at the age of 97. Hummel wrote all of the Wonder Woman stories that appeared in Wonder Woman, Sensation, Sensational Comics, and Comics Cavalcade from early 1945 until she retired from writing in 1947 but all of the comics were credited to Charles Moulton, a pen name for William Moulton Marston based on his name and Charles Max Gaines, the co-owner of all American comics, the subsidiary of national comics that published Wonder Woman officially. That was a long ass sentence. Hummel was little known over the decades before Jill Lepore spotlighted her in Lepore's 2015 book, The Secret History of Wonder Woman. People are getting old and passing and it's pretty sad. From what how you're saying it, um, I think it's great now that uh, even even though they're uh, they they're passing, people are uh, like recognizing them and appreciating them because I feel like writers and um, just people of that nature in the comic book industry don't get enough recognition unless yeah. if they've done what they've done became popular for whatever reason. I mean, yeah, you're right. Cause you have uh, like different creators of, I mean, even um, like, Oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. And I feel really bad, but the creator of uh, the winter soldier mm-hmm. is like barely getting any royalties from Marvel right now, even though the character's blowing up. He's like, I love what they're doing. I gave it my blessing, but he's the, like people that even the creators of a lot of the characters, as they get more popular, they're written into their old contracts and they're getting f-ed over like really hard. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. But on the bright side, as with this, which came to attention, that was a really good book. I did read it when it came out a couple of years ago. We also, I mean, we have like the big one with like Bill Finger finally getting attached to Batman properties, the man who like did all the work. Mm-hmm. So there, there's obviously the details, it's, right? It's obviously sad that people are passing, but at least um, people are properly getting recognized now. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that was not included in the news, and I'm just winging it right now. Colin, I saw a headline this week about the quote-unquote final Evangelion movie. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. So, have you watched it yet? No, because... <clears throat> well, okay, listen. It just came out in Japan January 23rd. Dude, that was three months ago. Listen, we haven't, I haven't heard anything about English subs even being attached to the movie yet and or brought to uh, America. Piraters can't even find it right now. It is very difficult. Evangelion, I can't stress this enough. Evangelion is one of the biggest, literally biggest 
stories and influences in anime and cartoon history. It's almost as, it's basically as influential as Akira's um, uh, bike trick. Because you see that in any sing- in like every single cartoon. Dude, Akira's like, good. Like um, Batman animated series, Robin did that in mm-hmm. Robin's Reckoning. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that That's too. actually how I found Akira way back in the day. I was like, really? wait a second, I've seen that somewhere. I flicked through a bunch of stuff I'd seen and then I found mm-hmm. it and then I watched it. Yeah, so I, I love when artists do that. But it is immensely difficult to get a hold of Evangelion in America. It, it's a huge thing in Japan now, so I'm probably going to have to wait until end of the year for even someone to legally get it for me. Maybe. Or I I see the simplest solution is to just fly to Japan. I was going to say, I'm surprised you haven't learned Japanese by now, just so right. you can watch it. <sighs> or not even watch, watch that, just like enjoy your anime the visuals. Like, yeah, with without needing subs or dubs, like I, I need the subs. So our main topic this week is titled "Catwoman: When in Rome, Finally," because we have put it off so many times. <laughs> we have uh, yes, the horny book. Yes, so this is a four-issue miniseries, which was published in two thousand four, uh, written by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. It, it timeline-wise takes place roughly parallel to Batman: Dark Victory. Uh, essentially, real nice plot summary, Catwoman goes to Rome with Riddler. Horny shenanigans. End of book. It's so short. It's so simple. She even says in the voiceover, basically, that she doesn't know why she's going to Rome. Like, that's how loosely this story is. I thought it was hilarious. I, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, it's something about she's trying to figure out her family and where she's from. And who daddy? Yeah, she's trying to figure out who her dad is, thinking is what's related to the Falcone somehow. Like gasp. Real, real daddy is Batman. How long have you been saving that one up? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, cartoon boy. Two hours since I read it. I'll start off. I really, really, really like this. Not because it's a horny book. Leave me alone. Like, Mm -hmm. shut up. (laughs) It's short. Clearly, there are some, at least at the first like issue or two, is some, eh, we're doing a thing. But in terms of like dialogue and structure, I think it's better than the other books that uh, Sale and Loeb worked on. Partially just, I think, just potentially because of the size, it's not... 12 to like 14 issues it's it's nice and small has one storyline to it i think the artwork is better somehow it's not as cleaner rough yeah it's cleaner it's smoother it's the colors look better it's sexy and that is an accurate word to describe this book it's clearly intentional but like i think they toned down um the caricatures just a little bit so mm-hmm. it's still on some things at Catwoman least. doesn't look f- ripped I mean that's true that that is very true I mean she's but still, Riddler is still absolutely yes. ridiculous oh absolutely it is Riddler he's a little incel boy uh, yeah I feel like uh the people usually make Riddler look ridiculous it might also be just because there's more normal people characters and there mm-hmm. are far less uh, at least less panels of supervillains that are like the hyper stylized ones so that might have something to do mm-hmm. with it 
But yeah, you're right. The couple of year age gap um, between this and the other books, it's, the art is so freaking good. Like the, the line work is cleaner. The panel layout's better. It's more flowy in a like like panel layouts it's less uh, a bit less structured they lead into one another there's some overlap it just it it's such a weird thing i don't know if if i can say it because it was still drawn by a dude this feels like a feminine book in comparison to the other ones and i think that fits well i think it was intentionally written to be more feminine like anyway. yeah obviously or, or and only, drawn yeah it feels hey this is it it feels like a very catwoman book and mm -hmm. i think that that works extremely well it feels holistic you know just for the sake of uh, shits and giggles i actually looked up to see if anyone did a review there has been three people who have done a review on this it's small time youtube you quote unquote youtubers have done this on youtube so we're one of the nice. few we're that the have fourth one <laughs> no, we're the fourth one to do steal review of all this. of these uh yeah we are yes i gotta make sure i do my tags correctly but uh, I just, I love the color palette. It's there. It simultaneously keeps so much of the, the like pitch black shadows that the other books have when dealing with Gotham, but the colors are so rich and mm. velvety warm. I would say it feels less warm, but it feels more tactile. Mm, the, yeah. the, the palette might be a bit more straightforward, but the uh, whether, I don't know what, how on God's earth it's colored like physically, but the different textures that are utilized are so much more. You can candy. describe some scenes as warm, like when she's sunbathing or a couple other oh, times, yeah, yeah. like where they're uh, in a, a cruiser or something that you can tell that they're using warm tones Oh yeah, because it's sunny out and whatever. Yeah, I like how the, the the handful of flashback sequences we get are done in like a very pared down style. It's similar. It feels like really early long Halloween, but like even more simplified. So it still fits the style, but it's a strong contrast. It, it, the, the colors are so it, it is it is such a, a contrast uh, from the original uh, from the original three, because the original three in art style, it was very like ink then color and then secondary color boom done yeah. that's how it was with this it, it's it's like watercolor it, it i wasn't sure if it would be quite the correct term to describe it but it gave me watercolor vibes. okay um it's it is what so watercolor is always associated with bright vibrant colors right it I think of watercolor more in terms of the texturing. Mm -hmm. that it, well, that's, that that's how, create. that's how I see it, but right. I'm talking about any newcomer to any, to understanding yeah. colors and whatever, not to sound like a dickhead, but just any newcomer, but you sound like a dickhead, but, but yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Anyone who talks about art and knows things about art, you're a dickhead. <laughs> it's just how it is. I'm a dickhead. Anyway, sorry, Jacob. <laughs> uh, the, the colors are very much. I think he did at, this is all like, watercolor and even even the shadows aren't just solid black shadows you know how i love solid black shadows but some of the shadows are just uh darker toned colors rather than just solid black which i really appreciate it feels almost multimedia almost it's not but it, it's closer to that versus his earlier works it is very clearly just ink on top of pencil and mm -hmm. lots of ink at that. And then this is just, ooh, it's so freaking pretty to look at, which matches the topic. So 
Intentional, probably. So at the end, when the mystery or whatever is being solved, uh, it is explained that a major clue was hidden in like one block of one page, uh, which is mostly filled with her tanning herself. Mm-hmm. And it's like explained a way that uh, Riddler was too busy staring at her than paying attention to the conversation. So I really liked that touch. Yes. I, I think the attention to detail is very similar it's it's Jeff Loeb's writing style, obviously, but because I think of the length and the m- more simple nature of the mystery, it feels so much cleaner and less clunky versus the other twists in the other books can be a bit much because it's relying on so many back issues. Right. This is very succinct. Yeah. End result, Riddler, still creepy incel boy. Oh, just, major. Just trying to get in Batman's pants, as always, because... Not literally in Batman's pants. That's that's obviously he's trying to get into Batman's boots. He's trying no more like he's trying to get inside Batman's cowl. Really? Yeah. He wants those cat titties. (laughs) Okay, everybody does. I figured that the Italian main character—I forget the dude's name. Blondie. uh, Yes, Blondie would be used more in the story, but he was literally just a backup secondary character he wasn't a love interest he wasn't a bad guy he had i don't even know if his motives were explained uh he was just kind of like a bodyguard for her on her trip but he's tall and And blonde and thick yes he just looks like blonde batman and that's definitely intentional (laughs) she likes the hunks yeah, she likes the hunks. I I did really like how the the usage of um, Batman was. It, it's obviously this Catwoman's a character from Batman's mythos. Batman's relevant, and it is relevant to the story. But it doesn't feel like it. It walks the line between needing Batman as a story element versus needing him as a character which sounds mm. really weird and vague. So it, it essentially does the, it lets her stand on her own as a character, even though it's like a relevant story. It doesn't feel like it's wholly reliant on Batman existing because Batman, we don't see him like actually, actually out of the first scene. And he doesn't have any real dialogue after that. The rest of them are just hallucinations and her being horny. Yeah. I like how it was utilized in that way where it still feels like it's a, it's a personal um, issue slash thingamabob. Like it's still her having internal stuff going on, but it's right. not. You- oh my gosh, I miss Batman. Like her whole life doesn't revolve around it, even though it's still really relevant. I think it nails that balance between the two. So it's not like overwhelmingly cringe. Mm-hmm. You could cut out all of the visuals that include Batman and leave in her inner monologue of her being bothered by her dreams that happen to have Batman in them. And it wouldn't change the story at all. It's the story isn't based on Batman. Right. It stands alone. It and d- I think that's what you're going to say. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, it, it basically, I mean, it's, he's still relevant to what the Riddler's ultimate objective is. So you can't cut him out completely, but I think definitely if you, you wanted to remove the visual parts of it and just pare it down to the, the voiceover, it would still function. 
I kind of want to keep talking about it, but it's a simple book. Like it's four issues and it goes quick and Mm -hmm. it's a simpler mystery and it's more succinct and it's not as twisty. And like, we've hit all the talking points really. It's good. It's really good. So I want, I do have to say publicly, I'm very proud of Colin. When I got my book back, it wasn't sticky. You're welcome. Thank you for not ruining my omnibus. No, I just looked up pictures online. You have problems. I got this laptop sticky. All right. So uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode four. Speaking of sticky, the the super soldier serum on the ground looks pretty sticky. Um, I thought it actually looked kind of runny. It's almost watery. Depends on how you like your eggs. I like my eggs runny. Like your nose. I have had... A couple of sandwiches, like breakfast sandwiches I've made, and like I take the first bite and the yolk explodes out the back of my hands and all over what I'm looking at, and it gets really annoying. But it tastes good. (laughs) See, that's the ultimate struggle of runny eggs do taste better, but they're horrible for sandwich usages. Sandwich usages, yes, but eggs, Benny, all day. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mix the runny yolk in with the hollandaise sauce, and you have a good breakfast perfect start to the day you are very very correct freak we talking about falcon and the winter soldier and the, uh, run- yes. the runny egg super soldier serum hmm. uh, uh i'm gonna so, jump straight into spoilers so right. it's strongly implied that uh at captain asshole whatever his real name is walker uh takes the super serum I don't think he's done it yet. I think that's going to be the opening. I think what do you mean you don't think he has? Because he puts it in a spot. We have like, what? Do you see him jump out of that window and land? Bends the pipe in the Black Widow does shit like that all the time. No, 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 no. But like, did you see how like hard he hit that other guy into that wall? Like how fast the velocity of that? See, I see what you're saying, but you do have to take into account, watch him throw the shield throughout the rest of the series Man is yeeting that thing really hard for being yep. a quote-unquote normal human. So I think it, that's just the heightened reality-ism. I think he's going to do it at the beginning of next episode. No, so I think he what, already did it. What about the shot where he's coming down the stairs and there's a bad guy uh, flag smasher like holding a big heavy pipe and the dude just bends yeah. it around like a pretzel right in front of Falcon. And Falcon is like, holy sh! he took the serum. I don't know, man. Spencer, shut I the f- did. He did. Well, end result being, bitch decapitated that guy. Uh, he is dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. It like remember the serum heightens whatever you are. I know that. Bad but he's him, already so he... been being a heightened asshole. No, anyway. but he, if he didn't have taken that serum, I don't think he would have done that. I doubt that. I think he's psychotic enough. He probably would have no, done it. I don't think so. So you're wrong. You're um, wrong. You're f- wrong. To take, I guess, the middle ground, I guess, we've been seeing that he wants to be the hero, but he has some flaws that he's trying to work through. Well, whatever. (laughs) Shut up. Let me do this. Um, He has some flaws, but he wants to be the good guy. He wants really, really hard to be the good guy, but he can't. It's kind of like a Boromir story. So... Oh, that's whoa. that's an idea. You just gave me chills a bit. Like Colin's been saying, because he isn't the good guy, 
the super serum is going to change that. And I think I can agree with his point that he wouldn't have killed the guy with the shield at the end if it wasn't for the serum. Mm -hmm. So also think about it. So all the people that have taken serums, think about how they've become. Captain America was already good, a good man. He became a great man. He became gooder. He became gooder. (laughs) And think about Red Skull. He was already a bad man. He became worse. And then you got to think about uh, Flag Smashers. None of them are bad. And even her, she's not really bad is strongly she's, confused yeah because she's a child so she's strong her emotions are strongly on that, conflicted. On that i believe they call that chaotic neutral yes yes on that note i just something really random which i think we've mentioned before like a big annoyance when it's like oh they're like child not like literal child but like 17 to like 25 mm-hmm. like young people like us whereas usually the actors are like really old mm-hmm. she's 20 Mm-hmm. Like it's like oh dang she she, she is her she's she is actually her the age. age roughly of the character <clears throat> she's playing and I like that it doesn't feel weird so not to bash on actors but honestly I have a hard time with the show it maybe is to do with writing and directing but I think I get taken out so often because like how they're talking to each other and how they're acting it's like it looks like they just read their uh, lines over again. I f- feel that i was having Especially a really hard time yesterday paying attention and, and i sharon, don't know why i have a hard time with sharon and stan what what is up like i don't remember him being i'm gonna say bad because i like all these actors even the new ones but like he's just he, he just seems off especially when i see him walk like he actually it looks like he his shoulders are up more and his arms are wicked out when he walks i mean i, I disagree with you on that one point because of how he broke down in the opening scene. He, he killed that. the oh, opening. Wow. Yes. That's, I think, no, besides that. So okay, besides that. point, I think that might have to do with the type of the, the, like, the prosthetic coating for his arm because he's on screen so much more and they do more with it. No, the scene I was thinking about wasn't with his arm. I mean, he, his, he had a jacket on. So he didn't have his arm. What on. I'm saying is they might be di- either directing him a little bit on the, the, you need to be a bit more um, exaggerated yeah. area, or it might be like, uh, like I had mentioned, like freaking Jared Leto's upper lip with the grills was probably f-ing up his speech. Mm-hmm. It could be a small thing that just adds to it because we're looking at it so closely. Like in the other movies, and in this, it's still still clearly like a CGI arm when you can see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But this is certainly he's he has something over his arm. So when he's just in a jacket or like walking around, he still has to walk like he has a f- prosthetic arm. Mm-hmm. So I think that could be a potential problem. I yeah, I'm not trying to bash though. It's just I'm 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 having a hard time enjoying this one as much because I didn't get taken out one second when I was watching WandaVision. That's fair. Um, so something I did want to bring up, even with the child actors fair. So something I brought up in the group chat, which I think with Jacob and I had like a side conversation on. So there is a very large amount of speculation from various people. And then I did some research into it. I believe one of the, not one of the head writers, but somebody heavily involved in production did kind of soft confirm. There was a plot line that did get cut out like entirely. It got tweaked. So a long story short there, uh, like during the blip, there was a pandemic of some capacity or another. And then when people come back, like when the the 
the blip itself comes and then all the people come back, it screws up how um, the world's been functioning because it had that like major dynamic shift where essentially we moved to like a form of like global socialism and we're moving on from that immediately. And then when all these new people come in, all the governments go back to the way that they were functioning. So it explains more why um, so they're the looking point... a for like vaccines and like right. medical supplies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it explains a handful of lines of dialogue that were like dubbed over and why like the, the OG leader of the flag smashers, she dies, she just dies. And it's like, oh, she had, uh, what was it? Tuberculosis. Uh, yeah. TB, which they explain as, ooh, the people here are more likely to have TB because they're all in close quarters, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but it's TB. We've already kind of fixed that. And it was the done point. in like voiceover. So the you point can... also was that during the blip, there was enough medicine and whatever else. But when all those people came back, there wasn't. Right. So it deals, it, it ties more into the displacement and why it would cause such a essentially revolution. Um, mm -hmm. It's still fairly speculated, but I think it's, if you look at it with a really close eye, you can see that there are parts that have been tweaked a bit. And I think that explains a little bit of the choppiness at least for me like head canon wise i can brush it off because i kind of i'm like oh okay, i could see why you'd want to remove that blah 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 sort of deal but that's yeah. just because i'm special and i can do those things it doesn't mean that it's better it, like it doesn't excuse if it's not done well i also noticed when watching it weekly that there was a lot of voiceover at random places so they definitely cut something <laughs> Yeah, that's easy. Everybody can agree to that. I definitely do. I think the one person that did take me out was Sharon Carter, not because mm. of the character shift. I think that is good and makes sense. I think, frankly, just because the actress is not great. I've never been a big fan of hers. I know Jacob's brother has a really hardcore crush on her and has for like 10 years now, but I'm not a fan of hers. I think she was fine in the movies. I like the character. I just think that might have something to do with it. I agree with everything that you have said. So I did, because I wasn't here last week, I wanted to briefly touch on the fact that I really, really enjoy how the, um, at least for me, they're not blowing the Zemo load early, essentially of, hey, we brought back a bad guy and now they're just all chumming it up. Mm -hmm. I think it, especially at the beginning, it's, it's lessening as, as, as episode four goes on. I liked him a lot in this episode, especially when he was yeah. like, just talking to the kids or whatever. I like how he just went full creepy pedo for a second. I was like, kids come get candy and give me information. That and was... totally backstabbed the good guys by saying those are bad guys. That was, that was excellent. And See, that's, I got, an, I, I, I understand why you guys would say like the pedo vibes, but like, I looked at it as like, no. oh, he's a nice man. I think it's that's how I thought. I was he just was, like, oh, this is a nice man. He was trying to come across as like Santa Claus. Oh, yeah, oh, that's absolutely. how I saw it. But also, Colin, you would jump in the white van if you were offered candy. You know what? How about how about you not out me like that <laughs> on so, air? But I disagree I, with Pedo, but I like how he was still kind of tricksy, sneaky, villainy when he was being nice to the kids. Yeah. Because also think about it. He's in his perspective, in his... In his own little way, he's not the bad guy. No, and I like he's how he's just going about it in kind of an extremist way. Right, and I I think that was, I think Zemo is the best villain in the MCU. Thanos doesn't count because of other reasons, and we're not talking TV show wise, just movie wise. I I really really liked what they did with Zemo. I like how they're merging what we had for Zemo in Civil War with like 
comics emo where it's just like they're just they're just retconning this shit just like oh yeah i'm actually a baron also i'm rich as like that's clearly wasn't what they were utilizing in civil war but it Mm -hmm. still makes sense and it works well and they're still treating the character with weight because didn't they say because of sokovia because of what you guys did in sokovia I am the way that I am now Basically. with with his like uh, inheritance or whatever and how he's living. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I just like how the, you know, the first couple of scenes, it's still like, yeah, this guy is still serious and he's still <laughs> up and he's still screwing with them like a lot. And it's not just, okay, we'll team up with the bad guy for now. And then we'll put him back in jail. Like even just the, B plot, I guess, of like the Wakandan still following him around. Mm-hmm. It's treating the character with weight and agency, and I really, really like that. Mm-hmm. It feels like an actual comic book. Yes, because also, you because you get those red. Sock. Yes, but also it 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 feels like a comic book to me because we have first off the plot of Flag Smasher, then we have our other bad guy who is or um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Our other. Uh, potential bad guy which is john walker and then we have our old returning bad guy which is zemo and then we have wakandans or people from wakanda coming into this into this i thought that was a really nice world building integration it just made sense it's like oh no duh that makes sense Mm -hmm. and continue and i like how it's the same uh rocked by people who didn't even have serum and he was so pissed off so true that was a really that was a really good fight scene yeah i think i mentioned something uh maybe it was like the first week of this whereas i've been kind of like actioned out of movies Mm -hmm. snyder cut 100 had something to do with that whereas i'm a little desensitized to it but watching that fight was like oh dang they are kicking his ass they Mm -hmm. do not take oh i I really don't like Battlestar. i'm so glad he's he's dead I mean, okay, maybe don't be glad he's dead, but I mean, yeah, he's a dick. No, he's like such a dick. And I don't, I'm sorry. I don't like the, I don't like how the actor acts. He's got this voice. Is, I don't know. It just pisses me off. I hate characters that are like that. And also he gives bad advice to Captain Asshole. Yeah. yeah. He does. Wicked like, bad. Oh yeah, just take that shit. Right, just take that shit, shove it right up your ass. Because he's getting advice <laughs> from another bro. Advice that. like that you get from like someone who's had more experience than you. Yes, like equal experience. Yes, 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 yes. I like how this show has been has made my job easier. Basically, uh, in that I can just watch it, and there's very little to speculate about. Like people are going crazy about who the power broker is, and I don't give a shit. Oh, I don't give a shit either. I was, that was my only other point was I was wondering if you guys had anything, but I do, I agree with Jacob where there, it's nice having less to speculate about and more just, this is just good plot and good character and I'm having fun. Yeah, I like that. It's just a fun show. Spencer and I disagreed for years and years because he was down the rabbit hole all the time and like knew all the spoilers before he went and saw the movie. And I was like, why do that to yourself? Like, I walk in knowing nothing. I haven't even seen the trailer. I don't know who's in it, but I enjoyed speculating. I think you're just butthurt that I made money off of The Force Awakens because I knew what the f*** I was talking about. I don't remember that. But I I don't, honestly. But my point is, I had fun speculating during WandaVision because it was just fun to try to call shots. And it was like innocent speculation but also it's nice to have 
to take a break from this job and just oh just yeah but <laughs> they did say that there is going to be a major character reveal in episode five so mephisto confirmed no mephisto confirmed he's <laughs> hidden in the blood on the shield all right <laughs> we're like halfway through the show and you guys have ruined both of my individual talking points <laughs> things that you've talked about oh my god so jacob do you want to go first with what you know I want you to talk about the point that you had in the group chat about the camera angles on oh. Walker. Okay, so I don't think I, it's definitely not like a I noticed something nobody else knew because I watched it at 0.25 speed. Um, <laughs> just throughout the show, they're using fairly similar shots of comparing Walker to like Steve, mm-hmm. whether it be um, th- that superhero landing on the car or like when he decapitated that dude, that's mirror image of what Steve Civil did War. when he was beating the shit out of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even back then when I was watching, I was like, is he actually going to do it? And then you're like, no, it's Steve. He's not. But there was enough like wiggle room in your mind that that could have happened. Like there are enough mirror shots that are extremely similar. And it's just, I don't know if it's the costume design or if they're just doing the actor's makeup just right. But I swear to God, every shot, he just looks off. Mm-hmm. It, so he's such that, a good punchable face for one. No offense, dude. Good looking dude. But like, I want to punch you in the face. That's but- not how I translated your messages about this point. I thought you were saying when you said he looks off, I thought you were saying more costume design. So like I was watching in episode four, especially, and his mask looks really, really weird. Like it, it goes past his cheekbones at the bottom of the eyeliner Mm -hmm. and it goes a little bit high on the bottom part of the eyeliner. Like it, the the flaps for his cheeks look, stick out kind of weird he doesn't like, fill the boots even though that suit was made for him he still doesn't feel it right and mm-hmm. when he like every room he's in the lighting just exemplifies how the outfit doesn't fit so i thought that's what you were saying it's both i uh it just depends on my mood what i'm gonna emphasize <laughs> <laughs> isn't it funny how captain america's third movie was really just it was avengers, avengers 2.5 it was it was really avengers 3 and we we that's a the MCU had a, a problem. They should have shuffled those cards around a little differently. But I mean, not, I'm we're fine not with talk it. About Didn't really need a third Captain America movie anyway. Historic well, see, that is my Avengers. final point on this was it feels honestly. So like WandaVision really needed like the episodic format. I yes. think it worked perfectly for that. I don't think this did. I'm not saying that Falcon it doesn't. Soldier. I not that it doesn't have like the content to fill it. I, I think it's very well uh, balanced in terms of like just enough stuff. But there are so many different plot lines here and different storylines. Whether you have the um, just straight up American nationalism, or and then you have the the Winter Soldier serum bouncing around, mm-hmm. and you have uh, the racial prejudice stuff, and then you have the blip stuff. Like it's good. And I think they all tie together well. It would have been better. But you could have probably made like a trilogy out of all this with these two characters or even just one movie. It feels like these episodes are a very long movie, but not in the sense of like a Daredevil where it's like, oh, this justifies its length. I can still turn it off after an episode. It makes sense where each episode lies. This feels like they just kind of just chopped it where they did and are like, that works. Yeah, I feel that way too. 
And there's only six episodes. So that makes me wonder if there were maybe other plans or maybe because of the potentially cut plot line, maybe there were supposed to be like eight and they had to switch it around a little in the editing room. I don't know. I'm just saying that part, I think, bothers me more than anything else. Everything else I can kind of wave away. Mm-hmm. That one's just like, ah, this could have been a movie, a long movie or a couple of long movies, and I would have been fine with it. And I don't think it would have squished it too much or anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, opinion. So, uh, Jacob, why don't you go first? Yes, because I bitched about you guys ruining my points, I will go first. I read Doctor Strange from 2018, issues 1 through 20, written by Mark Wade and art by Jesus Saiz, or as I like to probably inappropriately read it as Jesus Says. Anyway. <laughs> I smell blasphemy. <laughs> Technically, it's okay to say Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ isn't his real name. I think Wesley's going to sue us. Wesley. Suck it. Yeshua. I have never met you, and yet I say, suck it. All right, so Doctor Strange from 2018. Uh, It opens up with Doctor Strange losing all of his magical powers. Like, it's almost like you have, like, having the virus that shall not be named, and, like, when you lose your smell and taste, it, like, dwindles and dwindles, and you're like, son of a bitch, it's gone. So... It's like that for Doctor Strange, only he doesn't say son of a bitch. Uh, So he's trying to figure out what's going on, and he goes on a intergalactic adventure with some alien that he finds, some alien chick, and she falls for him, but he doesn't really fall for her. Uh, It sounds way more dramatic than what it really is, but they go on intergalactic journeys and just... Uh, each issue is kind of its own adventure for a while. Uh, at one point, he finds the dwarf that crafted Mjolnir. And the dude gives him the forge to like make whatever he wants. So he start, Dr. Strange starts imbuing magic into armor and tools and weapons. Magic Ooh. chastity belt. So that he doesn't have to use magic that he's lost the connection to. He can just use the tool instead. Uh, So Doctor Strange with swords. Yes. That was probably the highlight of this whole run. He crafted a sword. And the dwarf is like kind of giving him crap as he's making the sword. Forging the sword, I should say. Uh, He's like, you always say like... The freaking eye of Agamotto or the chains of whoever the frig, but you never have your own freaking spell. And then Doctor Strange holds up the sword that he forged, and the dwarf is like, ah, the sword of Strange. And Doctor Strange says, it is not a sword, it is a scalpel. And it was like, so good. Oh, that's so (laughs) actually... It was so good, though. Oh, that's great. What was this really one called? Uh, Doctor Strange. It's the 2018 run. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, I've been hoping to get to that at some point. That sounds like I need to read it. It was kind of wishy-washy. There were some issues that completely lost me, and I had to really, really push through to read it, uh, especially near the end. There's a huge five-issue battle with Dormammu 
and Galactus and Mephisto. Whoa. And Galactus Mephisto like, confirmed. Galactus eats like the All galaxy. The <laughs> I was about to say Galactus eats Mephisto's ass. Confirmed. Galactus eats life, Earth, the universe, and everything. And that's a lot of ass. And Paul's like, a dick. He's in a magical realm and he eats all that too. And like Doctor Strange has to make a deal with the freaking eternity and somebody else and like undoes time. And it's really big and confusing. And it kind of lost me a little bit. <sighs> but it helped me realize. I might be wrong with the Mephisto theory in the Disney Plus shows. I've been saying he'll show up in Loki because that's where Mephisto belongs, is in the different realms and things like that. But Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness with freaking uh, Wanda Maximoff might have Mephisto in it. Multiverse of Madness. M.M. Mephisto, Mephisto confirmed. <laughs> yes. That's possible, but I'm still going to hold to my Loki theory for continuity. That's going to be something in, in like, nerd history that's going to be a joke forever. Just, Mephisto confirmed! Yeah. Like, what's-his-face said? World War II? Yes. What's-his-face was here? Uh, that one, is a lot of ass, though. <laughs> one other epic moment was a one-off after the big fight with Dormammu. There were three or four issues that were just one story, one, one issue stories. Uh, there's a car crash and a kid goes flying out the windshield and gets injured really, really bad. And is like his brain is bleeding into that space that can't get blood or something. And he's about to die. And Dr. Strange is wants to operate, but can't. Uh, because of his hands, even though he's Doctor Strange, it's like he still has to go back to what he had before when he was an actual doctor and before he was a Sorcerer Supreme. So he finds a spell in some other magical realm that returns his hands to the way they were as a surgeon before he was the Sorcerer and operates on the kid. And it's freaking raining and the mom's freaking out and... He's like, how are you going to do this? How are you going to save the kid's life it, sterilely uh, in this mud hole? And Dr. Strange says, this isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Bro. Uh, the f Bro, it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds so cheesy. Get off me, cheese. Get off. But this series really did sell Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange's character. Batman confirms. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> overall, we have figured out where the new Marvel XDC comic is. <laughs> overall, the series was really interesting. It was a nice change of pace from what I've been reading uh, lately. There were a couple of weird tonal shifts I could live with. Like at at random points, there'd be like a butt joke or something, and it's like that, nice. that doesn't really fit, or it's something like that. But overall. Uh, one or two times the art was really weird. So like there was a dog that was like painted where everything else was just normal comic book coloring or something. And it was like, what? That, that's kind of weird too. Um, but it's a really good run. If I was buying it in a book or a trade or whatever, I'd 
spend about 25 to 35 on it. Nice. So that's my reading system for this run. Nice. Uh, so I Let me just check read a book. I wow. read a, I read a real book. Um, a real big boy book. Uh, more like a, a, a YA book. But uh, I read The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is what the... What the fuck is that? I'm about to say it, dipshit. <laughs> Faster. <laughs> Usually you tell me to slow down. Um, Faster! <laughs> uh, it is a Hunger Games prequel. All right, so slow down. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the Hunger Games trilogy, right? We all remember that, right? No. Right? Okay, well, I liked it. The third book You're was gay. Bro, I was 13 when it came out. F off. F you. It's still pretty solid. So it is a prequel to the Hunger to the Hunger Games, which uh, follows the you know President Snow back when he was a small child, more like young young man. It's it's a prequel about the bad guy. Um, essentially, it came out last year, uh, which was a fair chunk of time after the Hunger Games came out. So for the most part, it was fine. It wasn't anything special. Uh, I wasn't exactly hyped for it. I was interested uh, when it was announced. Uh, it lacked focus, like narrative and character wise for such a long delay. Like this was really unpolished in the, the drafts. Like this shouldn't have even gone to the editor like this, in my opinion. Mm. Um, it was fairly dry and unpleasant to read. And usually I can suffer through fairly dry and unpleasant reads, but this one was rough. Um, he reads psychology and theology books for fun, by the way. He's, he's true it's, it's very true and i had difficulty with this one and it's a ya book at that so it was really dry um i think it balanced the whole it's a bad guy but before they were bad but they're not all that good either like it didn't go full like <laughs> maleficent like oh, it's the, they're not evil they're just broken like it didn't do that uh, but that's like one positive out of eh meh it's fine so I'm probably not gonna read again, but big positive. It matches the other books. The hardcover is really nice, and it matches the other ones in terms of size and proportion. And it fits on the shelf, and it looks nice. The aesthetic. So what what you're saying? What you're saying is you don't like it dry. I don't like it dry. I happen to be a much bigger fan of WAP compared to this, because at least that when you read those lyrics, you can slide right in and out. I am lumping these two together because DC eventually did in the year 2013. So I watched parts one and two of The Dark Knight Returns, Ooh, I was just which came out that. in 2012 and 2013. Yeah, you were because you were bashing it in the news. I wasn't bashing it. I quite <laughs> liked that one. Leave me alone. I was bashing it. Oh, <laughs> the only good one. Directed by Jay Olivia. And originally, well, I guess based off the book, originally written by Frank Miller. Um, it is amazing how closely this one is based off of the book. Like shot for shot, line for line, almost. I was following along with the book and watching it. And like there were shots that were frame for frame what's in the book. There were a couple of things that were rearranged a little bit. Like in the very end, when uh, Superman is pushing the nuke up into the atmosphere and all of Gotham <clears throat> loses power and Jim Gordon's taking a walk and Batman's doing his own thing. There's a couple of things changed around a little bit to help keep the flow of the movie. But 
all of the points are there. It's just in a different order, slightly. So it's it's a little rearranged, like Batman rearranged the mutant leader's face. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like there were even some jank shots from the book that I think are kind of ugly that they included in the movie and actually made work. And I was like, oh, that's what the artist intended. So <laughs> I kind of like that. Uh, there were very, very, very small details added. Some I liked, some I didn't like. Yes. In the book, <clears throat> Joker is very flamboyant. But in the movie, they come right out and make him gay. Or, yeah, like there's nothing implied about it. It's it's expressed in the movie. Joker's always been very gay. I know. You just are blind. N- no. I this is actually probably I, one of my favorite versions of Joker. I like how it's more subtle in the book to make you wonder. It's it's so it's you just like more the aspect implied. Of, you you rather the like unsaid. Not not because he's a homosexual, but you rather like it storytelling wise that because he, it's a mystery. You don't yes. know what's going on in his mind, so it makes you confused about what's yes. going on. Yes, yeah, So that's what you enjoy about it. Yes, bro. bro okay, he, cool. The tunnel and, love though, and they explain yes, it to you in still, the movie. Yeah, so it, it, he be squeezing them bat cheeks all this the time. Is the one freaking time i want it to be more symbolic and you're fine with it being handed to you (laughs) anyway this has peter weller starring as the voice of batman and it was okay i think it It, is like the one weak point of the movie yeah the thing is it adds to the effect that he is older it sounds like an older Batman voice, and I can give it that. It's fine, but there's still something like a little bit off about it. I so, disagree entirely. Why? Because I thought it was perfect. I thought it was spot on for an old Batman, especially with the art style. See, that's also what you have to consider about this is like what voice fits the art style, and I thought it fit perfectly. Like I thought it fit his mouth in the in the like how big his neck and jaw was. Hmm. Wide. Yeah. I like me some. Yeah, his wide voice Batman. sounded wide to me. <clears throat> okay, I don't know how to explain it, but that's how my brain is. Like someone's voice is thin, or someone's voice is wide, or someone's circular. It's like how warm water is round and cold water is spiky. <laughs> yes. Water is the only like thing, it's the only liquid where the flavor is is the temperature. Yes. <laughs> Colin. Yes. What have you done this week? I'm I'm pulling it up. Oh yeah, you're pulling it up or you're pulling it out. So recently, I have been watching. Actually, I finished watching season ten of Adventure Time. Why did you do that to yourself? Uh, because some of my favorite moments are in that, and I, I just need a little bit of sadness in my life. When the when when the hole does the theme song, and you just uh-huh. want to die. Mm-hmm. Mm, good cry. Uh, also, I just love seeing Glob. Or is it Glor? The giant red f- baby pyramid head face. <laughs> oh, um, that weird god. I don't remember. It's just I loved, I loved that part. That uh, I think probably from season four to season ten is when 
uh, Adventure Time has its like it's very cartoony, but it's very wholesome. And but then it has its like freakishly f- gods and its other world entities. And I, I that's what I love about Adventure Time so much, and just the the way it goes about things. Um, but I was watching that purely because I remember watching it only once over, and I wasn't going to rewatch the last season. But I remember that a lot of my favorite stories, the stuff about Jake, um, Finn with his arm, and um, just the like last episode with last couple episodes with you know like Marcy and uh, uh, PB. I don't so, so I don't really like a lot of couples in like shows. They're so cute. Whether whether it is. Um, a like lesbian, gay, or straight couple. Sometimes I don't like them because they seem so forced. That that one, I actually I love them together. There's it like, just makes so much it, sense. Mm-hmm. Also, it does make sense for like Lemon Grab and and uh, Lumpy Space Princess to be together. <laughs> it makes so much sense. They kiss, and her face just like sinks into herself. Or, or when um, I love my favorite moment of one of the last episode is actually when Lemon Grab takes out a note. He writes something in it and he's like, puts it like folds it up, gives it to uh, PB. And she looks at it and it says, unmake me. <laughs> and I love that so much. Mm-hmm. It's the car. Chicks dig the car. Shut the <laughs> f- Chicks dig the car. Oh, yeah! I love how everyone's how we've just come full circle, and those movies are great again. What is life? The prequels are good. The Schumacher movies are good. Sequel trilogy is kind of sh- what is life? Uh, Baby, don't hurt me. Okay, wait, shut up. Don't wait, hurt me. Wait, no more. What about the Sam Raimi trilogy? Are those in or out yet? Because those keep going kind of out. Because I I still like them, and I, I think know there don't. was a period of time where like people shit on them a lot because they're like, eh, yeah, they're a bit two thousands, they're a bit dated, but like they are very timeless in terms of like storytelling wise. Some of the effects are dated, a couple of the, a handful of the jokes, but like visual style and like thematic substance, they're f-ing timeless. My argument against that whole trilogy is that I understand Spider Man is an emotional character. But he cries way too much in the movies. I, I agree. See, I agree in idea. I don't say too much. I just don't like the way when he cries, it feels weird. Mm-hmm. It's just too often. He's crying a lot in the trilogy. So, so this is how we're doing tonight. It's not really a what I've been reading. It's just us talking about things. I don't f- know. You guys keep progressing. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with I that. I have two more things to talk about. Oh my God. You're right. Back on topic. <laughs> the anime that Colin was watching. Adventure no, I've just been watching Adventure Time. Um, yeah, basically. Is season 10 the last season? Yep. Okay. Yeah, it goes on for 10 seasons. The last episode is like 44 minutes long, and they're usually like 10 or 11 minutes. The last few are pretty big. Yeah. They're like very big in the storyline. Epic. So that means when it was on TV, it was like an hour and a half special or something? I think so. Um, they used to air, the at least the first few seasons, they aired usually like two or three episodes together, um, just because they're so freaking Yeah, short. yeah, they would. 
And then because it, like Cartoon Network kind of tried to bury the show for like season like seven through nine. Yeah. It was weird. So then season 10 premiered kind of funny. Weird. Yeah, it's just weird. Like their most they're most popular so show ever. And mm-hmm. then they right. kind of tried to bury it for some reason. They did that with all their popular shows like it, Clone it, Wars. I mean, yes, just a lesser extent though. Like Adventure Time was still would have pulled in the numbers if they hadn't mm-hmm. put it to like the bottom of the list and overlapped it with an adult swim and then shoved Steven Universe all over it and then shoved Teen Titans Go all over it. Okay, so and Teen now Titans Cartoon Go. Network is literally only Teen Titans Go for eight hours of the day. That's why they shouldn't have Teen Titans Go. Steven Universe was one of their best shows, I I believe. Yeah. Steven Universe is one of my favorite. So actually I was gonna say this about uh the Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns is on my top ten favorite D, uh, DC Marvel cartoon movies. Yes. Adventure Time. Top in- 10? Yes. Top that's a, five. There's a lot of movies and like 10 top seems 10. like a really big number. It's top 10. Where not, in the top 10? Bottom top? Or bo- bottom I, top. I, I don't rank them like that. I just say that they're, this is my top 10 because <laughs> it gives me too much thinking. And it Steven seems Universe and Adventure when Time. You say that. Shut up. Steven Universe and Adventure Time are my on my top 10 favorite cartoons ever and that's a lot because i like a lot of cartoons i'd definitely say steven universe is a bit lower on mine (gasps) adventure time is definitely up there we made that i made that very clear while i was watching it that for the first like two steven universe and adventure time are like neck and neck to be like one and two i get it it just it's got just (laughs) a little bit too much of a of a toddler type edge to it that i don't like which is weird because I think the show does approach a lot of very mature things extremely well. And honestly, the biggest thing that I really like is like positive single dad representation. That was, mm-hmm. I, I love that. But then <clears throat> Steven himself is toddler, like the whole show. And I know he's rip him to shreds. You shut the f- up. He's sometimes he's like the most f-ing mature, like emotionally mature person in that show. I mean, sometimes yes, but that's also because most of the people in the show are like mentally children. And that is the point. And a lot of them grow. And it's that's just, just humans in general. Even like yeah. gems being basically humans. It's, this is where so f-ing off topic. But it's like, if you take Finn in the, the like the first episode, <laughs> I messaged you and I'm like, I hate this kid. And you're like, at wait, Finn uh, yeah, develops, I, I think very consistently and very strongly. <clears throat> The voice gets less annoying as he gets older, as mm-hmm. the kid gets older. Steven Universe evolves, but it's over a much shorter period of time mm-hmm. for less seasons of TV, and I think a lot more jarringly. It's more, it's less, he's less of a consistent character throughout the things. Like, whereas, like, Teen Titans Go is, sometimes they have really good moments. Like, they do unironically have good moments, but all mm-hmm. of the characters are so inconsistent with their own characterization, they're interchangeable. Like, Robin acts like Robin 10% of the time and then the other 90% of the time you can flip them all around and they don't they they just do the same joke yep it's like that with Steven Universe a little bit it has a little bit of a you kind of just devolve to a baby for that joke again I still disagree with you on that I think I think you're entirely wrong about that I have a thing can I I do a thing this inspired Evangelion So, um, I read The Flash by Grant Morrison and Mark Millar. Whoa. So, this is during the time period in um, the late 80s where it was, while the primary writer of of The Flash was taking like a year off, uh, these two guys filled in for a few stories. So, this this is just um, uh, post-Crisis on Infinite Earths. So, this is Wally West Flash, 
Whereas I have, I think mentioned a few times, I am not one of the uh, uh, people who's butt hurt because Wally's get, been getting the rough end of the stick lately. Like Barry Allen is my flash because that's what I grew up with. But after reading this book, I understand why people like Wally equally. So, I'm still confused on how he's not your Flash because you grew up with Justice League, right? Cartoons? Yes, but he's pretty much just Wally in, person, in, in name only. He's mostly Barry. He kind of is, isn't he? And he wasn't a very large part of that show either. He, he was uh, relevant, obviously. He's part of the Justice League. But like outside of the Flash costume, the I'm gonna, Flash... I'm going to need to rewatch that show. Yeah. That might be one of my topics. Oh, your hair is flowing. Thought you were for a second. You... <laughs> Stop making Colin hard. So this is uh, 11 issues from 1987. It's a kisser! <laughs> oh, God. I did not want to see that. He reminds me of Jared Leto in the Justice League. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so this is 11 issues. Uh, it's four arcs and some change. Um, so they're is emergency stop which is basically just uh there's a there's a suit it's a super suit super suit honey where's my super suit joke honey where's my super suit yeah so the suit is either technology or it's possessed so it like consumes whoever wears it over time like it takes their life energy so it's like golden age cartoony but it's got a it's got an edge it's the late 80s um yeah. it's campy it's fun it's quick uh the human race this is where freaking wally like beats instantaneous travel through the fourth dimension like he he utilizes all of earth to run so he can channel their energy and he runs faster than instantaneous. Like he time he like loops through all of time. It's weird. He, he defeats some space gamblers. It's weird, but it was pretty cool. Um, the art is pretty rough. All of the art in here is, is pretty rough. There's different artists for each different story. This one was kind of rough. Um, there's a story arc that I don't remember. It was the flash green lantern and green arrow. It was pretty crappy so i skipped i skimmed through it and i didn't have anything to say it wasn't terribly enjoyable um and then there's black flash which has amazing writing it's it basically just the flash outrunning death like this is the first instance of the quote-unquote the black flash which is just <coughs> how f people with the speed force interpret death mm. um so it's not a person it's just death but but he run fast um <laughs> So the story premise is really good. Like they start seeing the black flash and like photos because like he, um, Wally's been marked. Cause like Barry's dead. Other speedsters are dead. Death actually takes his girlfriend Linda park for a short while. Instead of taking him, he gets depressed. He grows a goatee. It's very eighties. Um, and then they have a showdown in an airport while everybody's frozen. Uh, they, the, the, the speedsters team up. They do a thing. And then instead of um, like time traveling backwards, he goes so far forward in time that the concept of death itself doesn't exist. And I love the ending of this thing. Whoa. So he just, he goes like, there's, there's voiceover. Like he's, he's you know, 20 billion years, 50, but like after he goes through past heat death, like everything. And then inevitably he's just into the white void. Whereas death as a concept doesn't exist anymore. And then, you know, that's how he defeats death. But the, the art in this arc is so sh it's absolutely horrendous to look at. The proportions are janky. 
it's blocky but angular and it's gross which really does not go well with the writing gross gross it like wally west has a ginger goat like a little like soul patch it's gross so this is overall like a really mixed book because i think the writing is really really good but the art is so late 80s it just gets progressively worse so really depends on if you can get through the art because the writing is good so i think jacob might like it colin's gonna hate it because the art is pretty rough and colin will not be able to read it yeah but i do understand why people like wally west a bit more now he he does have his own distinct personality which it's nice seeing that back like when it was at its inception when he first became primary flash mm-hmm. so that concludes this episode of the dime comic bros podcast a uh, big thank you to our partners over at jetpack comics in downtown rochester new hampshire which should be your destination for basically anything geeky if they don't have it in store you can order it give them your money tell them that we sent you does us all a favor check out the new shiny red bags they're pretty dope um also a big shout are out are they shiny red bags they are no, shiny no, 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 red no. bags i was thinking they were black bags with like red liner and i was very wrong nope nope they're not black with red they're red with black um yes also a big thank you to our patrons we now have three five dollar patrons so we have <laughs> three patrons so we have our our satron our patron saint i almost said satron paint again <laughs> <laughs> we have business casual we also have jeff lorenz and we have our new plebeian uh wesley eaton colin's brother my big brother thank you for simping for us um you will be getting access to our only fans yep uh, there will be some very exclusive Wait. content going up there fairly shortly. We do have a few excerpts from the show, uh, as well as some nice photos going up pretty soon. Stay tuned. Keep in contact. We'll be sending you guys all the new stickers as stuff goes out. So if anyone wants to become a patron and give us all the OnlyFans money, uh, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash dime comic bros. We have lots of different tiers. You can get stickers get social media follows if you want to buy clout because we have clout obviously um if you can get some art commissions done by colin mr hey, art boy it's me it's your friendly neighborhood art boy who procrastinates his artwork yeah you do you'll get it late you'll you'll get it at some point it sorry will jeff it will have happen I, have i gotten my artwork yet when was i supposed to draw him the d- sticker. Shit, that's right. Nice. So, uh, okay. procrastinator will ev- it will inevitably get you your art. I will make sure he does because I have to lick the envelopes before they go in the mail. He is my manager. Uh, yes, I'm not your secretary though. Get on top of your. Sh- <laughs> Jacob. You can also find us on social media on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. I post some memes. It's a little, it's a little bit of shit posting on Twitter every once in a while. If you go on the Instagram, there's some behind the scenes photos. You can get previews of our shows before they come out. Um, send us an email if you want to just send us memes or feedback, positive or negative, or just scream at us. Or if you want to have a partnership, not the romantic type, the the business only type, obviously. Hey, Sorry, hey, I'm hey, taken. hey, hey, hey! I am single and ready to mingle. You are a single Pringle. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, if you if you're interested in Jacob for his luxurious voice and long luscious locks, feel free to send us an email. I will forward it without looking. And um, and boomer opinions. Also true. That is it's a package deal, people. That that is true. He cannot not be a boomer. He is forever boomified. Yes, he does have the big boom boom. Big boom boom. Big boom boom in the pants. Um next week we will be reviewing Justice League from 2017. It is going to be nothing but pain. Absolutely nothing but pain. Please stay tuned if you want to hear us cry and wail and have gnashing of teeth. This might be the first episode that I skip. Schweppes is high class. Dude, it's the better of the ginger ales. Bruh, everyone's grandma drinks Schweppes because it costs like five cents. You shut your whore mouth, all right? Schweppes is way better than Canada Dry. I agree with you, but that doesn't mean it's high class. Mm-hmm. Talk about my whore mouth. You're the one who's kissed a woman today. Um, You know what? <clears throat> you're only saying that because you're jealous. Maybe. <laughs> again, femoids don't exist. This is so true. you're just kissing your imaginary friend. I'm just kissing a robot. Oh, that was a big sneeze. Thank you. It was so loud that uh, Zoom yelled at me and was like, hey, if you're talking, just a reminder, your mic is muted. (laughs) Nice. Jacob. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Stop. Get it. Stop. Mike Mignola. Fair. Zach Daddy. Hey. You have problems. I am What's so sad. I for him. What? Keep your politics out of my comic books. Uh, it's true. Just samples for you to use if you if you please. So instead, excellent. Instead of so we'll have the the sexual noises for whenever we do stuff. Whenever Jacob does a boomer, we need crotchety boomer noise. Yeah, I, I already have one. I oh, literally yeah. have one saved. Good. Use it. I do. I haven't heard it, but I'm also well. It's because he also doesn't I, get that way that much. This is true. I try to keep it out of the freaking show. You'll notice try. I stay muted a lot because it's like, ugh. no, share your opinions. That's why we're here. I know. Ah. Have you I, ever met my brother? I think they'd get along. Oh. They have similar. That's so weird. They have similar boomerisms. Literally anyone I talk to, they talk to my brother and they're like, you are like a calm, t- approachable version of your brother. I'm like, Thank you. Didn't even watch like an episode of anime or something after work. No okay, titties. so goth girlfriend anime titties. Come on, give me some. See, I I, I was watching Demon Slayer. I don't know if there's anything. <laughs> uh, Titty Slayer. Um, Doom Slayer. <laughs> that's such a good album. Ugh. I was at work this week and a coworker. Out of the blue, looked at me and started talking about all the anime weeb sh- that he has been watching, and wow. I'm looking at him like, "Yeah, I know about it, but it's weeb, sh- so I don't care." And he just kept going. He didn't care that I didn't care. He was just talking weeb. Sh- His hair is so pretty right now. Just mm-hmm. look at that. I it braided it pretty. just for you, Colin. Just look at that. Shit. I saw it. I liked it that a lot. Shit. I was jealous. I, I genuinely, the- I am jealous of your hair. I wish I had like long locks like that. Oh, I only know the uh, three strand braid. 
you he's trying to teach me how to braid my brain learn just... how to do plate braids so you can make a bull whip out of your hair okay what we should really end it on is somebody scream at spencer for pulling the condom off spencer stop taking just... the condom off i don't get pregnant you did actually say that a previous week and i considered leaving it in but i didn't know if there was enough context for the condom i think we've mentioned that enough i don't know if you keep i don't remember if you've included it or not ladies and gentlemen this is the last screenshot that i'm we have to take yes next week is in person